Hello, Kara North. Hello, Joseph Suarez. Do you know that it's been a year since we've been podcasting? Oh my goodness. Has it really been a year? It's been a year if you count since when I approached you to launch a podcast with me and you emphatically said yes. I had to go back and look it up because it was an ATD, local ATD networking event, so I could look up the exact date. It was May 23rd, 2017. Wow. Has it really been that long? It's hard to kind of go back that far and think about it. But I do remember when we actually met up after that event to talk about the podcast. And we actually met at our local library, the Columbus Metropolitan Library. And I believe that was actually the same week there was a shooting there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a few days later, there was a, a shooting there. Yeah, no podcasters were harmed in the making of, of this podcast. But um, all joking aside, I think there was no fatalities or anything. But um, it was kind of scary just to think that, oh, we were just there a couple days before a shooting happened. And can I share something with you that I haven't told you before? Oh, gosh. Okay. So while, while we were at the library, uh, in, in our spare moments, I was actually playing Pokemon Go. But I wasn't, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I wasn't sure how you would respond to that. So I kind of just kept it quiet. Well, considering I'm still bitter, I got banned from Pokemon Go because I tried to spoof into different countries, and I, of course, I got caught. Yeah, I was I was deep in it at the time, and I couldn't make a trip downtown and not hit up all the Pokemon goodness going on. So when we met in that library room, we ended up getting a conference room at the Columbus Metropolitan Library, and we brought with us just kind of a notepad of ideas, and Joe had some ideas, and then I had some ideas. And you want to talk a little bit about some of your ideas, Joe? Yeah, so my original idea for the podcast, I guess I had the idea in my brain for a long time, but the big thing was I, I knew myself well enough to know that I wouldn't be able to do it alone, or if I did, I would probably just get a few episodes in and lose interest and uh, kind of peter out. So I knew I needed someone to help me in a co-host role, uh, just if nothing else, to have someone else's skin in the game to help hold me accountable. And um, I wasn't sure who that could be. And then once we met in person and also once we were uh, back-to-back, if I remember correctly, on Kristen Anthony's Dear Instructional Designer podcast, I figured we would be a good pairing because obviously we're in the same Columbus, Ohio area, and we have similar yet uh, different enough backgrounds that we complement each other. So you have the higher ed perspective, more traditional instructional designer. I have more of the corporate perspective, e-learning development side of things uh, going on. So I had some really ambitious things I wanted to do with the podcast. So I wanted uh, to be more like a radio lab, this American life type show where really taking full advantage of the medium of audio. So I wanted to have a lot of music and sound effects and uh, vocal effects and things like that going on in the background to help craft more of a story, which you can see in episode one where you know, we do that fake phone call. Uh, the thing about that kind of stuff is it takes a long time to put all that kind of stuff together. There's an entire team of people that puts together an episode of Radio Lab, probably over the course of months. So not only is it the time-consuming aspect of editing it, editing it all together, but there's also 
the journalistic aspect of condensing the best story down into something that's worth listening to. So I really hope at some point we can do some of that, but on the whole, I think just having conversations with each other and other people in our industry that we've interviewed, like Jeff Goldman and Bethany Taylor and a few other people that we've recorded but haven't edited down and released yet. Yeah, and when you approached me about the podcast, immediately the first thought that I had in my mind is, wow, this sounds really fun and I'm going to do it. But then immediately the second thought was, how on earth am I going to have time to balance everything with this? Um, Because obviously we're both busy, but we obviously were able to make it work. And some of the things that I thought about in the the front end of this podcast were I was extremely interested in getting that new to instructional design audience. And what I mean by that is in higher ed and through my graduate studies at Ohio State, I've been introduced to a huge population of folks that are interested in instructional design, but they just don't know how to get started. And even though they get a rich experience through graduate studies at Ohio State, a lot of times they just don't know how to get started with building something. And that was something that I'm pretty passionate about is I'm at this point in my career where I do want to mentor more people and help guide them through the instructional design ropes because I know I had some really great support when I was at Amazon getting started and I I just want to give back in that regard. So that was one thing that was super important to me, not only being able to interview people People and talk to people that have this vast experience, but also give them something to think about, give people something that they can apply and take away and be able to use and challenge them. And that's something that I hope that we're able to do a little bit more of. I know that the episode with Jeff Goldman, he was kind enough to share some of his resources that he has done, especially around working out loud. And we're very thankful to you, Jeff, if you're listening. So thank you for that. But like you mentioned, with the interview with Bethany Taylor, I've been mentoring Bethany for almost a year now, and she's become a very dear friend of mine. And I'm also excited that we will be co-hosting the Training Learning Development Community UK meetup in London with Joe Cook here in just a few weeks. So that's what it's all about to me. Not only have I I've been able to help her, but through her perspective, she's been able to help me and challenge me on some of my beliefs around instructional design. So, I mean, to me, that's what mentorship should be about. It should be a two-way street, not just somebody talking to one person. And I really hope that our podcast has started to spark some of those conversations with people. And we obviously want to hear from you if you like what you're hearing from us. So feel free to reach out to us on Twitter and talk to us. Yeah, I want to second that. Another reason I wanted to start the podcast was basically at the time, I didn't realize that there were actually a few other learning and development podcasts that were in progress and some that have started since we've started as well. By and large, learning and development podcasts at the time were pretty sparse and I've seen some L&D related podcasts come and go and I was kind of disappointed that I wasn't hearing the podcast I wanted to hear. So I thought, you know what, maybe I just have to go out and make it. So that was kind of my thought process for starting the podcast. And I also wanted to make sure that we were adding value in return for people's time when they tune into the podcast. So I mentioned we started on May 23rd of last year. And 
it was about three months of planning. We launched our episodes. We went live on August 12th of that year. So there was some initial planning like we talked about where we met at the library and kind of hashed things out about what we wanted the podcast to be. And then we did a test episode, which is something I highly recommend to anyone who wants to do something like this is uh, you can do all the planning and, and dreaming that you want, but you got to make sure it works first. So I think we were very wise to make sure that we could get on a Skype call together and record each other locally with Audacity and that all of our audio would sync up right and mainly that we could just have a conversation together and it would be something that would be worth listening to for people. So we did that proof of concept that I released as our lost episode, so to speak. And then from there, once we realized that we can actually do this, I went out and got the domain instructionalredesign.com set up the hosting, the WordPress site, all that technical stuff behind the scenes. I figured I wouldn't have too much trouble setting everything up, but this was my first time launching a podcast website. And I did have a couple hiccups, mainly with setting up our RSS feed. Uh, don't put spaces in your file names if you're setting up an RSS feed, and you shouldn't run into the same things we did. And then from there, we recorded three episodes we wanted to have a backlog of things before launch. And the fourth episode that we recorded, it was supposed to be a snarky um, thing, something along the lines of a how-to guide for creating bad e-learning. Um, but the snarkiness went too far, in my opinion, and it started to become more of a an insult to people that develop... Uh, not so great e-learning and that felt like uh, a voice to our podcast that I didn't want to necessarily have so we ended up scrapping that maybe we'll revisit it down the road in a we'll and we'll tone down the snark yeah and I agree with Joe on the snark even though it was fun to kind of rant and rave during that episode we found that it was a little bit too snarky and again we want to encourage everybody whatever level you're at in your learning and development career, we want you to try new things and we want you to experiment and we want to see kind of what you're doing. And if it is something that we quote unquote deem bad that, and that's good for you, then you deserve props for that. So that's why we ended up scrapping that episode. Uh, going back to what you said about our test run, super important. And just so you know, Joe still yells at me for not always having a pop filter, but I am pop filtered today. So pop, pop, pop. And I also think that it was great for us to do that because Joe and I actually have two different styles for podcasting. And this is really kind of going under the hood. I'm very free form, go with the flow, let's just have a conversation. Joe likes to have some kind of an outline. Not to say that that's a bad thing. It works for him and going with the flow works for me. So being able to really kind of see that in practice in that test episode, it was good for both of us to kind of get used to our style, our conversation. And I also like the fact that I feel like we kind of balance each other out in the way that we talk about things and kind of our personalities that come through. There's also things you just end up noticing that you wouldn't have if you just didn't go ahead and try it. So one of the things that was kind of a facepalm moment for me was realizing I said the same thing after every one of your statements, which was something along the lines of, yeah, that's great. And then, you know, just went ahead and said my thing without 
actively listening and having something worthwhile to uh, reply to you with. So that was a learning lesson for me is to, even though I'm anxious about what I'm going to say next, I really need to actively listen and contribute to the conversation before moving on to something new. And sometimes it's difficult because you'll be listening and really want to listen to that person's side or the conversation with the guest. And you have a moment where you're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to ask them this thing. And then it comes out to where they end up answering that. And then where they're done speaking, you're like, oh my goodness, what am I going to say? So that's also been kind of a learning moment for me is to not just kind of jump on to one thing that somebody says, but try to listen to the whole conversation, just take a quick pause and then react to it. And it's certainly a skill. And I think Joe's being a little bit harder on himself about the active listening thing. It it certainly is a skill and it's most certainly easier said than done. And I'm going to say that this is the unofficial start to season two of our podcast. Not that we're really keeping track, but I think, you know, we're a year into it and we're kind of changing things up a little bit as far as trying to release episodes more consistently. So hopefully from now on, you'll be seeing us release more on a monthly basis, whereas before it was a monthly-ish basis. Yes, it was a monthly-ish basis. And again, props to Joe for his patience. This past year has been super hectic for me. And again, I know everyone is busy, but going to school full-time, working full-time, doing all this other stuff that I do, it it takes a lot out of me. So thank you, Joe, for your patience throughout this journey. No problem. And I had a influx of freelance work uh, that was not expected where at one point we were both just extremely backed up with things. So to combat that, we're making sure that during the summer before school starts and our schedules get hectic, that we will record as many episodes as possible and we will making sure we have a good backlog of episodes for you. With that, let's revisit some of the topics that we said we were going to talk about at the beginning when we were first brainstorming. One that comes to mind that we haven't got to yet is accessibility. There is a lady that I know at the Ohio State Medical Center. It's a te- She's on a team of instructional designers. They ended up teaming up with a gentleman from the JCs that had a vision impairment, and they built the exact same course in Storyline, Captivate, and then I think they might have built the exact same thing on a website. And they had him actually go through each course for accessibility. Um, Based on what she shared, I know one thing that really stuck with me was the use of buttons. And I believe what happens with the screen reader is when it goes through with the buttons, if you have text on a button, it'll say button text, button text, button text. It takes them longer to go through the course and navigate with buttons with text. And even though a lot of times I think that we have good intentions thinking that makes it easier for the end user, we certainly don't want to make it harder on them. So that was just one thing that kind of stuck with me. But I'm really hoping to get her on and talk about that experience because I think that's so important for everyone. One of my biggest pet peeves that I've seen people talk about on Twitter and other instructional designers is, oh, I don't think a lot about accessibility because I don't really need to. And I think that's a really poor attitude to have about it. Even if you have a training population that does not have anyone that has needs for that, you still need to be thinking about it because honestly, it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. And it's a very important topic that I definitely would like to get to at some point with the podcast. And I think it's unfortunate that people assume either, just like you said, that they don't need to worry about it, or 
even worse that because there's a checkbox in their authoring tool for accessibility that they can just check that hit hit publish and that's all the work they need to do to make anything they create accessible there's a lot more that goes into it than that and and like you said going through with the screen reader and actually hearing what is spoken out loud is very insightful let's break the fourth wall of podcasting if that's even a thing which i know it isn't and talk directly to our listeners because i'd like to thank everyone who has made it this far not only into episode 10 of our podcast but into you know the what i'm guessing would be around the 12 minute mark of this podcast right now in this episode so i really hope you're getting value out of this podcast and I would like to hear your feedback. If there's a topic that you would like us to talk about or there's a guest that you would like to have us have on the show, get a hold of us somehow, either through Twitter or I've added a contact page on our website that if you fill that out and hit submit, it will get an email. So try that. And if there's any constructive feedback you have, please send it our way. And I second that, Joe. I think it's so great that we've had people reach out to us and people actually do listen to our episodes. So thank you again for all of that. We appreciate your time and we appreciate the fact that you share it on social media or you talk about it or even send us just a message on Twitter telling us about it. We, we really appreciate that. And we know that you have a choice when you listen to podcasts and the fact that you choose ours really does mean the world to us. So thank you so much for that. Another thing we've added to our website is a support page. So as grateful as I am for everyone for listening, this is still a lot of hard work and we're currently, we've made a grand total of $0 on the podcast. This has never been something where we want it to be a revenue stream for us, but we'd like to get to the point where we can cover some basic costs and, you know, make it uh, worth our time to, to put this podcast out for you. So Currently, there are six ways on the support page where you can help us out. Three of those have nothing to do with giving us money, so let's start there. A big way to help us is if you go out to iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, and rate us and leave a review. This is a great way for other people to find the podcast, and it helps us move up in the search uh, rankings for Apple Podcasts. Um, but even if you use a different program, for example, I use CastBox, that still lets you rate and comment on the podcast. So whatever you use, if it allows you to give stars, write reviews, whatever, please go ahead and do that. Another way you can help out is to share an episode link on your social media account, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever, and include the hashtag IRDpodcast. And if you're on Twitter, go ahead and include our handle at RedesignPodcast. A third way is just to go out and tell somebody. It doesn't have to be through social media. Let people know about the podcast organically. Um, If you want, we have business cards. So if you meet us in person and you want some extra business cards to share with people, let us know and we'll we'll hand some out to you. And now an inevitable point in the show where we talk about paid ways that you can support us. So if you're out there, you're listening, you have a product or service that you would like to promote to a niche audience of learning and development professionals and aspiring professionals, reach out to us and we can talk about ways that uh, we can promote your products and services on our show. We're selling out, Kara. 
We're not selling out, Joe. I think what you were trying to say is even if we do start to integrate sponsors into our show, we want to share the value of the tool. So if you have a tool that you think learning development professionals will use, then we'll probably try it out and then tell people about what we did in our podcast. Definitely. And there are two more ways people can help us out. So we have a Patreon page set up. So if you're interested in supporting us per episode, you can give the dollar amount of your choice to support us. Or you can give a one-time monetary gift through PayPal. And you can help support Kara buying an extra pop filter. So if she leaves her pop filter at work, she can have one at home as well. So once again, guys, thank you for being along on this podcasting journey with us thus far. And in whatever way you can support us, please consider doing so. I don't want to harp on and on about it, but you know this does take a lot of time and effort and a little bit of money for us to do. And um, any help you can give will go a long way towards us reaching our goal of getting to 100 episodes and, and adding value to the learning and development professionals out there like us that like to listen to podcasts and hear some refreshing conversation. Absolutely. And that's certainly a challenge we want to meet. We want to hit that 100 episode, but we can't do it alone. So again, if you have any ideas, anything that you want to hear about, anything you'd like for us to test, go through, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear your feedback. Okay, Kara, I think it's time in our telethon to look at the big board and see how much money we got rolling in. A grand total of $0 still. Because we have to edit the podcast episode and then release it. Yeah, so that will be that'll be nice. <laughs> this is incredibly corny. This is how we make podcasts, folks. We're kind of corny people, and if you ever do run into us at an event, we're probably the people sitting in the corner looking at our phones. That's probably us. So that's how you'll know it's Joe and Kara. Okay, everyone, we'll see you again in episode eleven or whatever we're going to number the next one, where we'll hopefully be more professional. Thank you guys so much for being a part of our podcast. Until next time, I'm Karen North. I'm Joe Suarez. Bye. Thanks for listening. <laughs> At the time, it, it was kind of a dry time as far as... Well, that's not... Dry time? What the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> there was no liquor. <laughs> The podcast prohibition era. <laughs>